Hello, everyone, and welcome to Run402, the podcast, a show where we interview local runners in Nebraska and make running relatable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I interview Kristen Griffin. Me and Kristen have known each other for a few years now as we work together at Peak Performance. She's one of my inspirations because she has a few huge running goals that we talk about in this episode, and she's a coach. She's really great to go to for advice and just kind of fun to talk about running too. Um, I enjoy working with her a lot. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. All right, we're here with Kristen Griffin. Um, Kristen's both my coworker at Peak and my friend and kind of one of my running role models. She's got a lot of goals and we're gonna talk about all of those today. Um, welcome, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I feel like just talking to you, you have like two big projects you're working on and one of them is running a half marathon in all 50 states. Yep. And then the other is uh, doing all the world marathon majors. Correct, yep. So let's start by talking about all 50 states. Like when did you decide you wanted to do this? What made you want to do it? Why'd you pick a half marathon? Sure. Um, so my first half marathon was in Kansas. Uh, and at this time I was living in Wisconsin. So even for my very first half marathon, I traveled. Um, and then my second one was in Madison, Wisconsin. So still about an hour and a half away from Milwaukee. So I still traveled. My third one was in Chicago. My fourth one was in Chicago. And then my fifth was in Florida. And um, I ran that one with an organization called Girl Power to Cure, which um, my aunt is huge with because it, it raises money for Rett syndrome and her daughter has Rett syndrome. And we were just casually, you know, talking at, at breakfast one day and she's like, well, you know, you've already done four states. I'm like, you're right. And we just started to discuss how uh, my husband Thane and I really enjoy traveling <clears throat> and how obviously I've, I've greatly enjoyed running by this point, distance running. Um, and so really it was just in a very casual conversation with my aunt over breakfast uh, that I decided, yeah, I might as well go for all 50 states because I, I'm already out of my five half marathons. I have four states down. Um, so it just really started very simply. And I chose half marathons um, because it's something that you can stay trained for pretty much all year long compared to a full marathon, in my opinion. Um, you really need a bit more of a break post-marathon training after hitting, you know, lots of weekends in a row of 16 to 20 plus miles. Uh, whereas a half marathon, if you stay relatively, you know, around 10 to 11 miles, you can finish a half marathon, maybe not PR, but you can finish it. <laughs> um, and I've really enjoyed that distance. Um, and how most of the training for me and at my paces um, is two hours or less compared to marathon training. You might have three to three and a half hours um, on your weekends. 
And so that's, that's why I picked halves. Um, and I've, like I said, really enjoy traveling and seeing all, you know, all parts of the country, um, and a half marathon also, it's just easier to walk around and explore <laughs> post-race or even before the race, knowing I'm on my feet for an hour and a half to an hour, 45 minutes of the race compared to four hours. Um, so it's, it's just been really fun to go all over so far. Um, and I have 29 states down. Um, and I started this in 2013. So about 10 years, I'm a little over halfway. How long do you think it'll take to finish it? Another 10 years? Oh, hopefully not. But um, I mean, this spring, I don't have any halves because I have two fulls. So I'm really not doing any traveling this spring um, for a half, I should say. Um, and then part of it also is I have two little boys. So the training for a half marathon while pregnant, um, it doesn't always go super well. <laughs> um, my, with my first, I was able to run pretty much the whole time, but with my second, it just was not nearly as comfortable. So I, um, I did run two half marathons while pregnant with my oldest son, Parker, but, um, none with, with my youngest son, Hudson. So that, that takes some time out of it. So, you know, hopefully less than 10 years, but we'll see. <clears throat> yeah that's crazy I know I've seen like pregnant people running in races but just it it's normal but it's also still shocking you're just like it what is. are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> right right it is and, and and both of those um that I did with Parker I went in with absolutely no time goals um one of them was Disney so I was running with my friend it was her first half marathon so we took our time did all the character stops and everything and then the second one, um, I, I mean, I'm a fairly competitive person, so I don't want to say it wasn't totally for time, but I had like three potty stops because, you know, babies bouncing on your bladder. <laughs> so I knew time wasn't any, anything that I was going for. That's cool. So talk about your favorite race you ran in so far. Sure. Um, my well, I, I feel like most people pick their favorite because it's a PR. Mm -hmm. Mine is exact opposite. Mine is like, um, I think my second slowest <laughs> half marathon. Um, but it, it, it was up in um, Michigan, way, way up north, Grand Island. So we actually had to take a little ferry from mainland over to the island. Um, and it was a trail race. And part of it was even on sand on the beach and you had maybe two feet between a little cliff and the water from Lake Superior coming up. So you were not passing anybody. And it was uh, probably between a quarter and a third of a mile on this beach, trying not to get your feet wet, but also trying to run on firm enough sand that you're not sinking and essentially getting a strength workout this whole time. Um, and then other parts of it were just absolutely beautiful through a forested area. Um, this was in mid-July. Uh, so, but way up north, I mean, it, it was pretty decent weather um, and beautiful views the entire time. And post-race, you 
you know, took shoes and socks off, dipped into Lake Superior. Um, and it was just really a lot of fun and uh, doing something different because that was my first trail race that I'd ever done. Um, and then also the views were really quite stunning. Um, and being not being a trail runner normally, right at the beginning of the race, the race director goes, yeah, so this is uh 3.3 miles, but you know, trail runners don't care about this, about, uh, a true half marathon distance. And so that was, um, just a completely different experience for me. I really stepped outside of my comfort zone to do it. And I really enjoyed that one specifically. That sounds really fun. I'll have to put that one on my list. I love Lake Superior. Yeah. It's beautiful. <clears throat> What, what, what race did you do for Nebraska? Uh, so funny enough, um, I did Nebraska, um, in September of 2018 and it was the Omaha half. Um, and my husband had been interviewing to work at, at mutual of Omaha at this point. And we found out literally the day before the race that he got the job and we were moving to Omaha. So I didn't even live here in Omaha yet. Um, when I did that race. Um, and I also chose to push my cousin that has Rett syndrome in her running wheelchair, um, for that race. And, uh, that was the second half marathon that I've ran with her slash for her pushing her in her wheelchair. And I did, um, Des Moines, Iowa, and then Omaha, they live in Glenwood. So both those places were really you know, close to, for, uh, for them to travel to. Um, and that's again, just a completely different experience pushing somebody, uh, who is about 85 to 90 pounds and her wheelchair, um, it's not a normal jogger that we see like moms or dads pushing their kids in. It's a handicap accessible jogger. So it itself is about 50 pounds. Um, <clears throat> so quite a bit of weight pushing her, um, both on the hills uh, of Des Moines and um, a few of the hills in Omaha. And this race specifically, it was hot, very, very hot that September um, of 2018. And um, it's probably not a race that I would do again if, <laughs> if I picked another Nebraska race, which I have done other Nebraska half marathons since then. Um, but it's, um, you know, each one has its own lesson and each one is an experience. It is funny how the Nebraska one, which you didn't live here at the time, but you still right. traveled for that race. Yeah. So yep. You travel for a lot of races. How do you, yes. what do you, what's on your brain when you're getting ready to travel for a race? Um, so in picking a race or picking what state I'm going to do, usually I, you know, I don't have an A goal of a specific time for each one. Some of them is more about an experience or I really want to go to this city or to this area of the country um, compared to I really want to get a PR. So that's something that I think if people do travel for races, they have to have that in mind that not every race is going to be a PR race and that's okay. Some of them just have to be enjoyable. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of decide first, am I going to try to PR or am I just going to enjoy the views and have fun? Um, and depending on that, I look at uh, race size. 
you know, are there going to be other people that are about my speed if I'm trying to PR that I can kind of compete with mentally and have them draw me to the finish line or the views <laughs> or um, in the city itself? Are there other things that I want to do? Restaurants I want to eat at, anything like that. Um, my husband is really good at picking hole in the wall restaurants that most people would probably walk by, but they're like the super good local places. Um, so I leave all of that up to him. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, it just really depends, you know, what area of the country, what time of year, you know, if it's in the winter time, I'm probably going South. If it's in the summer, I'm going North. Um, <clears throat> most States have most of their races either in the spring or the fall. So it just kind of depends on a few different factors like that and what you are specifically looking for, for that race or that season. That's cool. Um, so you're also doing world marathon majors. Which ones yes. have you done? Um, I have done all three in the U.S. So Chicago in 2016, and then I qualified for Boston at Chicago. Um, <clears throat> so then I ran Boston in 2018, the wonderful weather year, but also the year that does won. So give and take there. Um, and then I ran New York City in 2019. And then uh, just this past fall, I ran Berlin. So when you're signing up for these races, is it just all experience? Um, no. <clears throat> um, Boston definitely was just experience it, um, partially because I was seven months postpartum and I did not want to push my body too soon. So my main goals for Boston, um, were just to not walk, <laughs> um, and to have fun and to finish under four hours. And I was able to do all of those. Um, Chicago, I went in with the mindset of PRing. Um, I was, uh, a month after my Ironman. So I didn't do a whole lot of training between Ironman and Chicago because endurance guys, I was, I was set. So I just kind of hit some moderate miles between, um, those four weeks. And then in New York, I also went in with the mindset of a PR, um, knowing though, that that's a much more challenging course than Chicago, which was my PR at the time. Um, Berlin. Yeah. I, I went in hoping for a PR, but had some stomach issues. Um, but I still was able to finish really strong, um, uh, with honestly my fastest, I think eight K was, um, the last eight K of the race. And I've never been able to do that before. Um, so I was, I was, you know, that, that, that's a sign of good things to come in my opinion, to be able to finish strong. For sure. So which, uh, world marathon is next? Uh, Tokyo, actually. Um, I was, I got into the lottery first try for Tokyo, which is like unheard of. Um, but that was back in 2019 to run in 2020. <laughs> um, and then obviously the world kind of shut down right at 10 days before the race. So I had done all of the, all of the training. Um, I had started my taper and then we canceled our trip, um, because the race was canceled. Did you so, cry? I would have cried. Oh, I absolutely cried. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I cried to the airline. I cried to 
uh, my coach at the time. I I cried to Mike and Robin at work about it. I mean, everybody saw tears. Um, so luckily though, they've offered a deferral process and they've deferred every year. Um, so this will be the first Tokyo marathon that they've had uh, for the mass public, I should say, um, since COVID started. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm sure I will have a lot of tears at that start and finish line because it's been such a long time coming. Um, and so that was supposed to be my fourth star and it'll be my fifth since I've now done Berlin in between. That's so exciting. Yeah. So are you doing any fundraising for that one? Um, not for Tokyo specifically. Um, I am doing a fundraiser though for London, which is my, the sixth world marathon major. And I got in via lottery. Um, so I'm also doing London, uh, this spring. I did not at all plan or expect to do all three of the world marathon majors outside of the U S within a seven month time period, but here we are. That's insane. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's, uh, totally shocking, but you know, you just kind of roll with the punches sometime, sometimes. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm not fundraising like through the London marathon because I got in, uh, via a special Abbott ballot. Um, but I am fundraising just on my own because the main reason I actually started running half marathons was to raise money for Rett syndrome for my cousin. Um, and I have raised uh, money, I think at least for two races for her, um, just on my own or with the group. And then I've also run five Ragnar races in Southern California, <clears throat> um, specifically for Rett syndrome as well, where we raised, I don't know, I think the most we raised one year was right at a hundred thousand dollars, um, wow. as a team. Um, so yeah, I've decided for London that I'm going to fundraise for her as well, just to celebrate, um, kind of the finishing of the six world marathon majors and to take myself out of it a little bit, because so much of running is, um, about yourself and having somebody else on your mind can really help you get through the tough miles and every race is going to have tough miles. I don't care if it's a 5k or if it's a marathon or a 200 mile race, you know, no matter the distance, you're going to have a tough period. Um, so I'm going to be, you know, I'll wear a pin with her face on it and, and, um, think of Martley during the tough miles there. For sure. Uh, we'll definitely put a link to your fundraiser uh, with this post too. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing we're going to talk about, you're a coach. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about how you got into coaching um, and we'll touch on like you ran in high school and in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's just throw it back there. All of it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I started track in middle school. Um and I was kind of a natural hurdler, which is so odd because hurdling is not a natural movement. I don't think for anybody. Um, so I started there in seventh grade and was pretty good. Um, and then, you know, I, I really liked this whole running thing. So I stuck with it in, in high school. Um, and I hurdled and sprinted 
in high school and in college. Um, Where'd you go to college? I'm sorry, what? Where'd you go to college? Oh, I went to college at Fort Hayes um, in Hayes, Kansas. That's where I'm from. I wasn't quite ready to move out of my hometown yet. Um, But I did have, you know, a little flirting with with distance running, if you will, in high school. I did run cross country the first three years, um, mainly because my best friend did it (laughs) and you didn't get cut. So (laughs) that'll tell you how good I was at cross country. That's all you need to know there. Um, I was a much better sprinter and hurdler than I was a distance runner at this point in time. Um, so yeah, I, I ran in high school and college really enjoyed it. Um, was able to qualify for nationals um, my last three years of college, but unfortunately I was always one of the first people who didn't get to go to nationals. Um, But then once I graduated, I'm like, well, I can't hurdle for the rest of my life. Um, So I switched to distance running probably within a week of graduating. I'm not even kidding. I put my, my same shoes on, which were Nike freeze. And just tried to distance run. And um, then we moved to Milwaukee like two months later and I went to an actual running store (laughs) and got a better fitted shoe. Um, And it's kind of been history um, with the distance running. And then I I hired my first coach to train me for a marathon. Um, And that was gonna be spring of 2014. So a year after I started half marathons and Honestly, that coaching experience was not the best. Um, And it's interesting, you know, just uh, looking back now with having had now two other coaches and me being a coach itself, there's a lot of red flags that as a brand new athlete and runner, uh, distance runner, uh, hiring a coach, you just don't know. Um, Part of that was he had me pay for the entire year up front and had nothing, you know, nothing written of, well, if you get injured or if you get sick or, you know, would I get any of that money back or would there be a pause in training? Nothing like that. Um, pretty much no communication at all. Just uploaded stuff. Didn't ever seem to look back at, at workouts or runs and comment or, um, explain, things coming up. So just a lot of red flags. Um, so then I had my, my second coach, I hired her, uh, gosh, 2018, right after Boston. Um, excuse me, right after Boston. And, um, I just wanted to get faster. I just postpartum was seeming to struggle a little bit. So wonderful experience with her. Uh, but then when I got pregnant with my second kiddo, I'm like, I just need some time here. Once I was pregnant with my second kiddo, I just decided I needed a break from, from general coaching and structure, um, and just kind of floated around doing my own thing for a while. And now I'm with my third coach. Um, she's with the same company McCurdy trained as my second coach was, but somebody that I had had a social media relationship with for years and just felt really comfortable with her. Um, and things have been going really well. Um, just a lot more communication, a lot more, I don't know, just, just 
everything. I mean, she's not just a coach. She's a friend. She's in my corner. She's going to root for me, but also, you know, tell me when to pull back, but also tell me when to suck it up, which I think is so important. Um, so I kind of in between there decided that I wanted to be a distance coach so that other people didn't have that first experience that I had. Um, <clears throat> because I know coaching is going to be something that can make or break a lot of people when it comes to sticking with distance running. So in 2017, I, we still lived in Milwaukee at the time. I, um, went over to Minneapolis and went through a weekend course with RRCA and became a level one certified coach. Uh, and then in 2020, I, um, took a second certification through Jack Daniels VDOT program. So I have two certifications, um, and I opened my own little small coaching business. It's just me. Um, it's called find your stride coaching. And I have helped a handful of athletes, um, you know, reach their goals, whether it's a first 5k or BQ, at, uh, to get into Boston and, and all of the in-between I I've even had a few ultra runners. However, that's something I'm I need to, to dive into a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I welcome all levels, whether it's, I seriously just want to run one mile straight without stopping, or, uh, you know, I have at athletes that are faster than myself. Um, <clears throat> so all levels are, uh, promote their own challenges, but it's, it's really fun being a coach and learning alongside. That's super cool. I know you were a personal trainer. That was kind of your background. Yeah. Um, so I feel like going into distance <clears throat> coaching, you already knew kind of what you were looking for. Yeah, for sure. And I had written up plans <clears throat> um, for some of my personal training clients for half marathons and et cetera while training them. So now you work at Peak Performance. So you're still um, doing the running thing. You're coaching. Yeah. Yep. I've I've been at Peak um, <clears throat> since we moved here in 2018. And I've really enjoyed it. Gotten to obviously learn a lot more about shoes. Um, I've gotten to try a lot of different shoes. And it goes a lot with coaching, I think, with um, helping people find their best, which has been nice. Yeah. I feel like you're kind of the total package. Cause not only you're running, you're coaching and you know, a lot about shoes, you know, about shoe updates, you know, a lot about injuries, just working, you know, working at peak, you get like every fourth person has plantar fasciitis and you, For you sure. know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's nice to translate that to, like you said, coaching with helping athletes through these minor blips in their training um, and when we need to back it off or when we need to actually go see a doctor because injuries are going to happen. I don't care what level you are, <clears throat> uh, beginner to professional, everybody's going to get an injury at some point in their their distance running career. It's just going to happen. 
No kidding. I know. We've all been through it. Yep. Yep. Myself included. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, how can people reach you if they wanted like a coaching consultation? Sure. Um, my website is findyourstridecoaching.com. Um, there is a little inquiry form you can fill out. It'll get your name, phone number, email, and it'll shoot me an email. Um, and if you include just somewhere in, in that, <clears throat> in that inquiry form, just write out 402 pod. Um, I will give you 25% off your first month of training to, you know, see if it's something that is a good fit for you. I am accepting new athletes right now. So, um, you know, shoot me an inquiry, even if you don't end up training, we can discuss it, um, and see if it's the, if, if it's something that you want to pursue. And if not, you know, we can have a good conversation or two, um, about your running. Yeah. It's the perfect time to get a coach. It's the beginning of the new year. Find a spring race. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then the last thing we'll leave you with, if you haven't gotten fit for your shoes before, come see me or Kristen at Peak Performance. Yeah, come see us. All right. Cool. And that's a wrap. If you want to write to us, reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at run402thepodcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you out there. This episode is brought to you by the Anchor app. Anchor by Spotify is the platform we use to record this podcast. It's very easy to use. I'm not a tech-savvy person, and if I can figure it out, anyone can. So if you're interested in hosting your own podcast, may I recommend you the Anchor app.